What up, East High? Welcome back to the podcast, folks. We're glad to have you. I think I said that exact same thing last time. This is Wildcat Minute, where we talk about High School Musical one minute at a time. And who are we? We are Condra And Tyler. Collectively known as the Amateur Nerds. Yes, people see us walking down the street and they say, hey, look, it's the Amateur Nerds. We're collectively known as that. I mean... I don't think people would recognize us as the amateur nerds because this is a non-visual medium and people don't recognize who we are. But they definitely say, look at those nerds. <laughs> yes, they, they do say that because we're usually walking around playing Pokemon Go, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> what do we do on this podcast or what are, what are we doing on this specific podcast? Well, on this specific episode, we are talking about Minute 80. And Minute 80 starts out with the announcer finishing his sentence saying, versus the West High Knights. So we do have an opponent. Oh, good. And it's crazy. It's the same opponent as the basketball game. Wild. Do you think they took the same bus? No. (laughs) Good. Don't need to mix nerds and jocks. That's dangerous. (laughs) West High has not gone through the revolution that East High has gone through. <laughs> they no. are still in the dark ages. How does the minute end? And it ends with a very bored looking person sitting behind a timer. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. So now we're kind of back into the, you know, montage. Things are happening. The game's about to start. The decathlon is starting. Not just those two things, but also the callbacks are starting to happen. We we yeah. get a, a little shot into the auditorium and Darvis wel- welcoming some adults into the room. Yeah, it's a little confusing. <laughs> it's like, I didn't who know are that you? callbacks were an event. Just another kind of hole to poke in this movie. <laughs> but it we get to see Darvis again for a second, which is kind of yeah, nice. And Kelsey, uh, we'll get there. We'll get there because there's a little there's a little bit of decathlon that we need to talk about first. Okay, which Namely is mainly this hesitation that the announcer goes on, and he he says uh, between the East High Wildcats and the West High Knights, like he pauses. I don't know why. Like there's I didn't a hesitation. catch that. <laughs> and it's also because um, we see the kind of judge or person talking to the two teams, but we don't really see who the announcer is. Who's announcing? <laughs> We do a wide shot at like a little later on in the minute and like it looks into the crowd of the decathlon and I couldn't figure it out either because there's a bunch of people in likes in front of their face. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't even seem like the type of event where they have a microphone like it seems like just someone would say, OK, everyone, we're going to start soon. And then there's just like no microphone for this event. What kind of room in there are they in? It honestly reminds me of like a lecture hall. Yeah, it's like a lecture hall or even like a. Even like a band room where the, they, there's like tiers. Mm, maybe it is a band room. Maybe they adapted the band room in the actual East High to be like this kind of room. But I, I wouldn't see an actual school kind of refitting the entire band room just to have a little event in it. Well, little, but it's a championship. Yeah, but usually there's like instruments and yeah. like it's set up in a specific way. I was going to ask you, because you, you did math competition in middle school, I guess. Yes. How many judge? I've never been, I'd never went, so I didn't know, like, was it kind of like this where people, or like what they show on TV where there's like two teams on either side and like. Um, okay, so I did what's known as Math Counts. Um, that's kind of like the organization that does it. Um, most people just call it like Math Team or something in middle school. And so there is kind of, you know, you, you usually it happens at like a college or something. So there's like you're in a like a lecture hall type area where there's like a bunch of seats. It's more like an auditorium than a mm-hmm. classroom. 
Um, usually, like, you gather there at the beginning of the day, and then most of your, you know, work that you're doing is in, like, a classroom at a desk. Because if, if you're doing teamwork, you have four people gathered around a desk. Or maybe maybe some part of the competition, I, I think, happened. Everyone throughout the lecture hall area, but, you know, spread out, and you were only writing on your little part of the desk that folds up at your station. Um, and then at the end, there's like a like a live competition. You know, the people who scored highest on the written test get to do something live. And there's, they're like projecting problems on a screen. And then whoever like answers first wins. There's not like judges. There's like the person emceeing and they have the right answers in front of them. Like it's not. Okay. Not the same as this. I don't. The, I think, you know, most movies probably do up the the visuals of the academic competition like mean girls like the, yeah that was what not, i was thinking it's yeah. not happening on a stage all the time okay yeah on it the way this is set up kind of reminds me of how national history day that when we would do the state level or i guess the national level when i when i used to go down to dc for that but i did the documentary level so like it yeah, made yeah, sense yeah. that there was like a screen so like the setup is kind of and like all the teammates of the the of my groups would like stand there while the documentary was playing and then we'd answer questions so it but and there was like a panel of judges kind of thing but there's just there's something about this tv and i guess i was thinking mean girls too like there's this fictionalization of these competitions that just is very weird yeah and i think i mean i think it's fun to kind of have a very theatrical thing going on for what is like a very academic endeavor. They're all wearing lab coats. It's adorable. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very cool. Did you see the little like middle schooler with a bunch of like wristbands on that was helping? Yes. Yes. He's like I, walking I liked by. That kid. Yeah. Yeah. I like when you just have like a, a small child as an extra that you're like, you child, you're not like an actor. You're just there helping out. And I love it. <laughs> love the energy. Especially because he's like right in front of the camera at one point too, and he's yeah. just like blocking the shot. One of my favorite extras in any movie is in my favorite movie Rushmore. Um, there's like a little girl who shows Miss Cross and Bill Murray's character to their seats, and she's just got like a weird look—not like a weird look, but she's just like very memorable. But she just like walks on on and off screen in like two seconds. You're like, wait, who's this little girl? She seems great. <laughs> Okay, now we cut to the odd actual auditorium. Yeah, and Darbus is welcoming these adults. Kelsey is lifting the keyboard cover off of her little piano and Is starting... that a real name? What's what's that called? I, I was gonna ask you because I was like, I don't know <laughs> the word for it. I'm not a music person. I think like a piano lid it was the lid the, the thing that goes the, over the, the, the strings. Thing. I, yeah, I don't I don't know key lid uh, there's there's something there kelsey's also in a fit she's in an outfit she's got like a she looks great cranberry like suit coat yeah she's got like a suit coat and then like a bowler hat or and a not tie even a, yeah it's it's a bowler hat yeah no it is because it's that rounded one that's seems a little bit overdoing it for what is not a showy event no but she is important at this event because it's her music also, I wouldn't put it past Kelsey to just dress like this for fun. Yeah. She's a Kelsey. theater kid. They do that. <laughs> Indeed. So then we cut into the dressing room. Yes. For the, the, the dressing womb. 
Um, for one of the iconic moments of the movie, Sharpay and Ryan's vocal warm-ups. Yeah. <laughs> it's so um, good. I had had this scene foreshadowed to me because sometimes before a podcast, I'll say something like, the tip of the tongue, the teeth and the lips. And people will either make fun of me or be like, "What? why Why are you doing that? That's weird. And yeah, I, I do not do vocal warm-ups where you make high-pitched noise while you, while you make bubbly sounds with your lips or anything like that. Move um, your hands in very special ways. Yeah. Honestly. I don't it, do that. It's more, what I think it is more than like a warm-up, it's ritual. Mm-hmm. And I think that is just as important as vocal warm-up. Like, I don't do really any vocal warm-up before we go on here, which, you know, I'm I'm lucky if I don't get vocal fry by the end of it because I'm, I'm tired of talking. Hey, vocal fry is fine by me. But for them being a sibling duo, warming up together, like, having done this together for so long, that there's some ritual to it, like, they're comfortable in this routine. Yeah. And I will say, um, voc- I think we've maybe talked about this before, but vocal warm-ups are silly and are always a funny comedy pull. Um, and I like I don't think it hurts anyone to make fun of them. I think they're funny. I think that's that's just what they are. I think even theater people know they're kind of silly and stupid. Yeah, but I mean, they're effective. Like they see an acting coach. I'm sure some of it is like, oh, you have these kind of notes. You want to do this kind of warm up or I mean, the trust fall, I don't imagine comes from their acting coach. (laughs) But yeah, so Sharpay goes like stop and then she turns around and like falls into Ryan's arms (laughs) And it's barely a fall because, like, Ryan's already got his... I don't know if, how closely you watch this, but, like, he more leans well, her right back. they're right next to each other, too. Yeah, he, like, leans her back more than her, like, she actually falls. And then Sharpay, of course, does not let Ryan fall on her. She just puts <laughs> her hands on his shoulders and is like, I trust you. Which, honestly, he should be saying that to her because... She's the one that trusted him to catch her. So is there just some reaffirmation that like, yes, thank you for catching me. I do trust you. Like, yes. I don't need to prove my your trust to me. The trust was demonstrated. And then she's using her concluding sentence like, ah, based on my observations, I now conclude scientifically that I trust you. But Ryan doesn't get to find out if Sharp. It's <laughs> <laughs> only so much time in the movie, I suppose. I just think it's because Sharpay is too good for it. Like, she's like, I don't want, I'm not going to catch someone. <laughs> I'm not going to touch my sweaty brother. Yeah. I love Ryan's little shirt, though. Not little, but like, <laughs> he's got a bedazzled New York shirt as if he wasn't a theater kid. He's got this blue on and Sharpay's in pink, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Ryan is not wearing a hat. <gasps> Scandal. Um, Did you notice, I, I mean, I thought about this, they're brother and sister, but normally uh, before a theater thing, boys and girls have different locker rooms dressing rooms much like locker rooms they're they're usually separated dressing rooms i mean this is definitely at least partially sharpay's i don't know if ryan is all like this is also ryan's dressing room but sharpay has spoken several times about already picked out the color for her dressing room it is decked out in pink boa there's a sunset boulevard sign on the back there's a chair like one of them acting chairs with sharpay's name on it like Literally, this I, I I think this is Sharpay's room, and maybe it's just like that. Let's do our vocal warm ups, and we'll like 
she'll kick him out. They'll change. And then I think according to everyone else, it's Sharpay and Ryan's room. But according to Sharpay, it's Sharpay's room. Oh, maybe. <laughs> and then we kind of cut back out to the auditorium and we see oh, Miss Darbus. No, wait, 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 wait. First, Ryan says energy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then they do some like hand breath things. They like they center themselves, I guess. Yeah. And then Darbus. And then Darbus. She checks this guy's watch. This child's watch. She yeah. takes his wrist. It's like, yeah, I'm, just grabs this is mine now. This child's wrist and looks at his watch. Yeah. What is she looking for? Like, the time. But, like, nope, answered your question. The why? time. <laughs> um, because if anyone's late, then they don't get to audition. I don't know. I don't know what's about to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just very confused because I do know what's about to happen. <laughs> And then we change scene again, and this time it is hype up out of the locker room, jumping. Y'all ready for this? Might as well be playing. There's hooting and hollering as the basketball boys run from the locker room out onto court after a lively announcement from an announcer saying, and now your East High Wild... No, it's just your East High. He doesn't say Wildcats, which threw me off. And I intentionally wrote that down because for the Decathlon, they announce them as East High Wildcats and they do not... (laughs) Or... Well... No, they do for this one. It's the Knights they don't say. That's my bad. Sorry. Misread my notes. Okay. In the gym, there's also, you know, the cheerleaders have made a gauntlet for the basketball players to run through. And we see the mascot also run through the gauntlet. Who's 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 in the mascot? That's what I want to know. Um, which which character from Stick to the Status Quo is secretly the mascot? Skater Dude 2. Skater Dude 2. Okay. <laughs> a saw. So the, the the guys they run through the they run through the gauntlet and then they're they're getting these balls from the the ball rack so they can start their layup drill. There's like these uh shorter guys, they might be managers or they might be like middle school young freshman basketball players who are just kind of there to help out. They, one of them looks like a mini Troy. It's kind I, of funny. I, I miss. He's got like a got like a rugby shirt, like a stripey, not rugby shirt, but like long sleeve like that. Mm-hmm. And he's got like a Troy Bolton haircut. Amazing. And they're just like handing the balls out. And then the, there's the coaches. They're kind of dressed up in the suits. Yeah. The coaches are. And then the They're doing their just layup start. drills. Yeah. Which is weird, like, to get the big announce. Like, I mean, that's what you do. You you run in and then you start doing your layups. It's, yeah. I think it's kind of straightforward. No, I guess. I just, I was thinking, I, I guess, more about, like, hockey, where you see them warming up before and then they all go away and then they do the big announcements. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the I don't know what the ritual for this sort of level of high school is. Maybe they were, you know, there an hour ago before people had started streaming in and now this is just like to get the blood flowing. You do with one simple thing and then you go back down to yeah. the bench area and get ready for, you know, the the game tip the off. Tip off. That there we go. And then we cut back one more time to the decathlon. And Vanessa Hudgens, or God, and then Gabriella starts mathing. She starts mathing. Well, we also get this judge. He's got this like weird, not quite a Hitler mustache, but it's like a weird mustache. And he he just like points for them to start. He's the one that was ta- telling them the rules or whatever at the beginning when they were yeah. all and in. I like and- how he doesn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like weirdly <laughs> quiet. That That scene is weirdly quiet. It really differs from the hype of the game and the vocalizations and music stuff of the theater. Yeah, I mean. It relies I, more I, on the movie score. 
Yeah, I, but I wouldn't really say that there's like um like it's an intentional like oh the gym is loud the gym is loud and raucous and then you go into the decathlon it is quiet and there's like it's supposed to be some sort of sonic emotional feeling that you're like one place is excited and this place is excited but quiet. Yeah. It doesn't really give that effect. No, it doesn't, but I was just pointing it out. Yeah, it's there, but it's not like the best done that it could be. Yeah. All right. All right, yeah, it seems like we're moving on to our next segment. So, Condra, it's our DCOM of the week portion of the week, and you have a movie prepared for me to guess. So, Condra has found a Disney Channel original movie that neither of us knew coming into this, and now she's looked it up, and I'm going to have to guess what the plot is without any foreknowledge of it. So, Condra, what movie do you have for me today? So, today I have the 2003 January release, You Wish! Exclamation point. This one was directed by Paul Hohen and stars A.J. Trouth, who I do not recognize, but I do recognize the other two stars of the film, Lelaine, who is Miranda from The Lizzie McGuire Show, and is Whoa. potentially the reason... She is not in the, this movie is potentially the reason she's not in the Lizzie McGuire movie. I was trying to figure out timeline. It could be not 100%. And Spencer Breslin, who is Abigail Breslin's younger brother. And he's the um, two and a half men guy. No, he is the, he's one of the elves in the Santa Claus movies. That's where I know him from. Is he in Zoom Academy for Superheroes? He is, he is in Zoom. He, I think. He is also in The Cat in the Hat. He is the young prince in Princess Diaries 2, A Royal Engagement. Yeah, yeah. I know who we're talking about. All right. So, You Wish, 2003. The tagline on the poster is, be careful what, dot, 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 you wish, exclamation point. I see. And AJ- If they ever made three sequels, then the, the fourth episode would be, be careful what you wish for. Indeed. Anyway. Yeah, AJ Trouth, I did not recognize from anything. Um, he does some voices, I guess, for Kim Possible. And um, he's a character on Even Stevens, but I don't recognize the name. So he's not a Stevens. Right. The other thing I will say, it is based on the 1991 book, If I Had One Wish, by Jackie French Collar. Okay. I have not read that book either. So you wish. It seems like a either... A straightforward genie plot where, you know, someone gets some sort of wish or multiple wishes that somehow, you know, cause comedic hijinks. Or it seems like a sort of it's a wonderful life plot, not literally, but, you know, the kind of takes on it that like sitcoms do where it's like not necessarily the I wish I had never been born, but like I wish my life was like this. And then all of a sudden we're in the alternate universe where life is like this. And then you realize Oh, man, I should have just left it as I was because this life, no matter like how great it is, doesn't have that one thing that made my old life good or like big or something. I think that's the direction I'm going to go with it. So we have this this teenage guy, you know, he's kind of like an outcast, nerd, loser. Things don't really go his way. There's maybe a cute girl that he wishes he could spend more time with that never really pans out. Uh, Maybe there's a girl he's already friends with and he doesn't see that. She's the one for him. <laughs> He's got a younger brother that's kind of on his on his nerves. And the, what's the what's the what's our magic MacGuffin? It's not a Zoltar machine. It's hard to hard to come up with these magic things. It's not a, not a fortune cookie. But 
let's just say it's a it's a a wishing well and not like a fountain but like a well that people go to and and so he's at the wishing well and you know he's making a wish um i wish i was big no that's not that's not it that's the other movie he wishes his life was like maybe like this cool show that he likes or like he wishes he was popular or he wishes he had like a genie or he wishes uh, for not, a genie a wish for a genie not bad because you're essentially wish, wishing for three more wishes hmm. but it's like kind of a clever loophole i think in general perhaps he he wishes his life was like a movie and then all of a sudden his life is a movie and we get this kind of fun fourth wall breaking thing where he kind of jumps into a movie world and he's the kind of cool Zach from Saved by the Bell type guy. He's he's the star of the show. There's like a nerdy friend. His little brother's like fine now. There's like his cool friends, cool girls that uh, all want to date him. There's like the girl next door who is like his old friend. And he eventually realizes that this kind of cool like movie life isn't all it's cracked up to be. He has to like find the kind of angel. T- uh, no, because he'd just go back to the wishing well. Maybe he's like stuck in the movie world and they don't want to let him leave. So he has to like, there's like a chase where he has to like ride his bike back to the wishing well and wish for his life to go back to normal. Or or maybe he has to like reach the end of the movie. He has to like kiss the girl next door at the high school dance and like go through like the movie plot. And then he realizes, you know, he wakes up the next day and realizes that the movie plot kind of happened and that he ended up with the, the with the girl that he had been meant to be with all along and that his little he like everything worked out with his brother like little brother and that basically like everything that happened in the movie happened for the better in his real life he was just kind of acting it out weirdly in his head and then everything went back to normal and he got what he wished for but it like all worked out in the end i don't know it seems like maybe he should have like a Usually in this sort of movie, there's like a punishment or like a realization that the old life was better. But in this scene, in this one, he gets everything he wants. Anyway, I know. you just say what it's actually about. Sure. So You Wish is about a it's a brother relationship that this focuses on primarily. Uh, so the older uh, brother been like the little brother wishing. Yeah, you're right. Well, no, it's actually so the older brother is absolutely tormented by the little brother. He gets pranks played on him. He's kind of ridicule like did he wish the brother doesn't exist and it kind of reaches its peak he's been bullied by his his classmates and then he has to take his little brother to the mall with him and his friend and while at the mall he meets a mysterious or excuse me an eccentric but kindly man named larry (laughs) pendragon is it the same guy from the um princess switch movies let's say yes (laughs) And uh, he receives a magical coin or Stevie, the the younger brother, receives this coin um, and runs off from the the older brother. And the older brother gets in trouble from the parents because he's too careless with his younger brother. And despite getting punished, uh, the younger brother still gives the older brother the coin. And the older brother wishes that he had never had a little brother. So, no. so the next day he wakes up, finds out his wishes come true. Uh, his younger brother is now a famous child actor, and <laughs> um, the the older brother 
well, now not older brother, um, is really popular in school. He has a cheerleader girlfriend, but his old friends are still getting very badly bullied by the people that had been bullying him before. He realizes his girlfriend, his cheerleader girlfriend, he's just like there. She's not a good person. She's Uh, fake. Yeah, she's very mean and bossy. Uh, The uh, his parents are very career focused and he doesn't get to see his parents a lot. So he like misses his younger brother because like they he, he's lonely, basically. And he goes to this now child actor's dressing room and is like, hey, you were my little brother in this other other life. And the older brother like he tries to convince him and the, the, the little boy doesn't believe him. And but do they uh, have like a magical like or they, like a little thing that they do that shows that they're meant to know each other? No, but as the older brother is leaving, the the boy is driving by and evades his driver, and they ended up they end up walking together, and they they uh, the the younger boy believes him eventually, and they eventually enlist the help of one of his uh, his former friends, the one of the bullied people now. Um, played by Lelaine, or I think it's Lalani. Now that I'm saying it out loud uh, again, and they are desperately trying to find the guy that gave him the coin in the first place. But because the little boy wasn't there in the first place, the store doesn't exist anymore. So there's this weird like paradox kind of thing. And Alec, uh, the the older brothers, eventually take like sent home because the young child actors like caretakers are like where's he been they've called the police like trying to accuse the older brother of like kidnapping basically but the the younger boy had a great day and he like wishes that he could still stay with him but he's getting carted off because his mother's getting remarried i guess and so the, the the next day the the world without the younger brother continues but his father weirdly gives him a bunch of old coins, thinking it'll cheer him up. And in those coins is the <laughs> the magic coin. So he's able to wi- unwish his wish, basically, and appreciates his younger brother, tells the girl that he liked, he like kind of befriended that he likes her, and they go skating at the end of the movie. And the, the youngest boy is not a great skater. They're trying to teach him how to skate, but he ends up using the coin to wish himself into being a good skater. (laughs) (laughs) Is this just an infinite magic coin? I was hoping that the coin would just like have been under his pillow all along and and, like that signifying like, oh, the thing that you wanted was just in all along. Like you didn't have to go on a big adventure. Like you had it with you and no, but anyway, Um, it is on Disney plus. Yeah. I I like your version better. I think. I think yours has some very smart comedy in it. I think the potential for like the wishing to be in a movie and then you're like in a fake movie, fourth wall breaking. I think that does actually have some potential. Yeah. But I don't, I think your version probably plot wise, like character arc wise. Yeah. Makes more sense. Like the the character arc in mine gets a little lost in the concept. Yeah. But thank you. You're welcome. So if that's all we've got, we're going to wrap things up. It's what I got, much like Sublime said. Yeah. And Where can people find us on the internet? They can find us on the Twitter at Amateur Nerds. Or me personally at Tyler Booty, T-Y-L-E-R-B-O-U-D-Y. 
You can send us an email to amateurnerdspresent at gmail.com. Yeah, tell us if you have a sibling that you wish had never been born. <laughs> or a future decom of the week. We're running out of time, folks. Get your decoms in now. Or you can tell us about a sibling that you're very happy was born. We'd love to hear about your lovely siblings. Special thanks to our artist, Theo Golden, at T Golden Art on Instagram. And our musician, Joe Winslow, whom you can find at joewinslowmusic.com. I have been Condra. And I've been Tyler. And hey, we'll see you next time. You know, we had a guest last week. We're just us this week, but we're going to have a guest again next week. Ooh. I'm going to guarantee that 100%. You can bet on it. 